Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Will the new year bring a new Freedom Convoy? Some organizers from last year's convoy are planning a Freedom Convoy 2.0 for February. But will people turn out for it? And if they do, well, Ottawa Police Service is already claiming they won't allow a repeat. More Canadians than ever are struggling to afford holiday spending due to the rising cost of living. Canadians' Christmas shopping has been impacted by the inflation crisis, and many shoppers are resorting to purchasing a second-hand gift. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is defending his government's gun grab scheme, claiming that they're not going after hunters, but are going after, quote, some of the guns used to do it. Hello, Canada. It's Tuesday, December 20th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Rachel Emanuel. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. A Freedom Convoy 2.0 is apparently in the works for February 17th to 21st in the nation's capital, but Ottawa police say they will not be allowing a repeat of 2022's historic protest. In a letter addressed to the mayor and chair of the city's police services board, new Ottawa police chief Eric Stubbs said he and his command team have briefed the board about the potential return of protesters in the new year. In the letter, Stubbs writes, the Ottawa Police Service will not allow for the conditions that led to the unlawful protests seen in February 2022. He added vehicle-based protests will not be allowed to enter the downtown core or in areas of national significance, and we will take appropriate action to preserve public safety within our community. There is zero tolerance for disturbances and or criminal behavior or for individuals who attempt to disrupt our communities with vehicles. Now, Stubbs said council and the public will be briefed on the situation again in the new year. Rachel, I think a lot of Canadians are saying they did not even know a Freedom Convoy 2.0 is in the works. And probably a lot of Canadians will be asking, and what is it going to protest at this time, given the overwhelming majority of mandates that were being pushed back against last year are now long in the rearview mirror? Certainly. I mean, I think the fact that Canadians haven't heard about it at this point isn't super surprising, because even if you remember the way the last Freedom Convoy came about, it was pretty last minute before media started paying attention to it and it became national news. It was being sort of organized underground, but took a while for, you know, the national scale to pick up on that. I'm not sure what they're protesting. I know the freedom movement has been really active and they want to make sure they don't lose momentum. So maybe it's just still some unhappiness with the way the Trudeau government is running things and a desire to be heard there. Right. And I guess maybe there are general grievances about the, the the philosophy and attitude of the liberal government towards a number of things, including still hanging on to certain ideas that they were right to bring in these vaccine mandates that they did last year. But I think in terms of the visceral things that affect people's daily lives that motivated so many people from different walks of life uh, to converge in Ottawa and to say, I want freedom from all of these rules. Well, those conditions just don't exist right now. Absolutely not. And I think by and large, Canadians are very happy about that. 
you know, we can actually gather for Christmas this year. That being said, we do still have chief medical health officers, including Dr. Tam, sort of warning Canadians about gathering this year, you know, saying you should be aware of the health status of other people who are gathering with you. So, you know, maybe it's just sort of the general backlash to these ideas that are still sort of lingering in Canadian society and still being put on to Canadians and they're still feeling some sort of pressure about the COVID-19 pandemic. For many Canadians, it's going to be a blue Christmas due to the country's dire economic situation. According to BMO's Real Financial Progress Index, 77% of Canadians surveyed said their Christmas shopping has been impacted by growing inflation. The report indicates that Canadians are less confident in their financial situation, as 69% of those surveyed reported being confident in their finances, a 6% drop when compared to last year. Meanwhile, Poshmark's 2022 Canada Holiday Trend Report found that 38% of Canadian shoppers indicated that they intend to purchase a gift secondhand this year, and 44% indicated they would be giving out homemade gifts. Others are on the hunt to buy goods for the lowest prices possible. A total of 69% of people told the retailer that they were seeking deals on holiday gifts. You know, Anthony, holiday gift shopping is always a lot of pressure. There's so many gifts to buy, and this year just feels like things are more expensive than ever. So people are definitely going to be looking on budgeting and how can they afford all the gifts that they're expected to buy while still having a cheerful Christmas. You definitely don't want to be feeling that economic pressure during Christmas and New Year's. You kind of just want to be able to relax and enjoy. But do you think Canadians should be optimistic headed into the New Year? Do you think the economic situation is going to change or do you think it might actually get worse for a while still? Yeah, I think on some indicators, it's definitely going to get worse. For some people, things might be alleviated, but particularly if you're seeing uh, your mortgage go up and you're going to hit that trigger point soon where you actually have to pay a greater monthly uh, payment, that's going to be pressure for a lot of people. No wonder they're thinking a bit more strategically about Christmas shopping. Although, look, Rachel, I'm, I'm kind of of two minds of all of this. I, I don't like that people are forced to face these financial pressures, but uh, we all know that when it comes to Christmas shopping, some people feel like things are already too out of control in terms of the aggressive commercialization of it and the idea that, okay, you'll you'll get a gift from some of those uh, online sort of Facebook secondhand communities or that you are going to make something a homemade gift, which seems like, you know, something out of the past, but you put much more time and labor of love into those things. I, I kind of like that people are reassessing uh, that aspect, but, but I don't like that they're doing it because they're they're forced to because they're having problems balancing the books. Absolutely. And a company like Poshmark, I've used the app before, you know, they actually look very carefully at the quality of items they accept. So you can be getting things that are basically new, but for a fraction of the cost. So there's definitely an argument to be made about the positives here, but I agree that Canadians shouldn't be forced into this situation. And while we're talking about the new year, I mean, another thing Canadians have to look forward to is new payroll taxes increase. Canadians are going to be losing about $300 in take-home pay next year. So it just feels like they're being hit from all sides right now. Yeah, I mean, here at True North, we have done stories on how food bank usage is climbing considerably at individual food banks across the country. We've done the stories, to your point, about the payroll taxes. Uh, now the stories about the Christmas shopping, obviously what's going on with mortgages, uh, general concerns, anxiety around these issues, and also the rising price of groceries. We did that recent story on how Canadians are going to be expected to spend $1,000 more a year on their grocery bill. And yet, Rachel, I can't think of a story that says and Canadians are going to make on average an extra $3,000 next year in their household income, an extra $5,000 or what have you to make up for all of these gains and, and to bring them ahead more. It, it does seem like when you put all the numbers together, Canadians are going to be increasingly behind. Absolutely. And it seems like some of these cost-saving measures are going to have to carry into the next year and who knows, maybe even to next Christmas as well. 
Prime Minister Justin Trudeau claims the government's controversial gun grab scheme is not intended to go after law-abiding hunters. Instead, Trudeau claims the Liberals are, quote, not going at the right to hunt in this country. We are going at some of the guns used to do it that are too dangerous in other contexts. In a year-end interview with CTV News, set to be released on December 31st, Trudeau made it clear that the government will, in fact, go after some firearms used for hunting. Trudeau said, quote, nobody wants assault-style weapons anywhere in this country. You don't use them for hunting, and you shouldn't have them for any other reason. Bill C-21 started as a ban on handguns, but recent amendments have expanded the list of firearms the government plans on restricting to include long guns. The proposed amendment would seek to ban nearly all semi-automatic rifles and shotguns in Canada. Rachel, my first thought when seeing this is, wow, I can't believe Trudeau is doubling down on this because the voices who have come out to criticize the expansion of the guns that are included, that Trudeau is now acknowledging do include some uh, firearms that are used for hunting, well, those voices criticizing it are not uh, just conservative MPs or Albertans in ridings where liberals never had a chance, but uh, indigenous voices, NDP MPs, you've got people all across the gamut of society who say, hold on a second, this bill ain't as rosy as you're making it out to be. Well, that's just it. And, you know, maybe for a minute, I thought Trudeau and liberals might be forced to backtrack when the NDP came out in such strong opposition to this amendment that was introduced so late in the legislative process. No, of course, they're doubling down. They are committed to moving forward with their plans, despite all the criticism that they've heard about it. And, you know, the NDP have been very strong and very vocal in their opposition. I can't actually think of another time where they've disagreed with the government on something of this much prominence since they've agreed to sort of back the Liberal government until 2025. So they've been extremely vocal about it, but Trudeau is still plowing ahead. I just don't know how that's going to go over in committee. I don't know if they have the votes for it. Rachel, in your capacity as True North's Alberta correspondent, you've been writing about how uh, the Alberta government has some problems with this in terms of should they be expected to charge firearms owners who had firearms that up until yesterday were perfectly legal, suddenly now you're calling them criminals, and also is this just a good use of policing resources when there are serious crimes underway? Uh, from that vantage point, how do you think this is going to continue to unfold? Because it seems like, uh, to your point, Trudeau is not backing down, he's doubling down, and there's going to be some adversarial tensions moving forward. Absolutely. So out of all the provinces, Alberta has taken the strongest stance against this legislation and against the amendments that have come out of it, as well as all the government's basically protocol on gun control. And now they've even issued a protocol saying they don't want prosecutors to go after Albertan citizens who have guns that were legal before Trudeau's May 2020 order in council. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I wouldn't be surprised if some other provinces follow suit. That being said, I think that this is the strongest protocol that the Alberta government has issued so far, sort of opposing the Trudeau government on their gun grab program. So still a lot to play out here. I'm looking forward to the new year. And again, we don't know if the Trudeau Liberals are even going to be able to get this amendment passed in committee. So that's another issue that we're looking at. We don't know if farmers and hunters are going to be prosecuted under this legislation just because I don't know if they have the votes to get it passed. So there's still a couple things that we're waiting to see. I think hunters can sort of take a breath for the Christmas break and then we're going to get back into the swing of things. And it's going to be a heated debate for a while longer before we see any more movement on this, undoubtedly. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.